Now, next on the program, I want to turn to what's been one of the most read stories on the BBC News website all today. The Danish submarine builder who murdered the journalist on, his board, on board his homemade sub has been caught trying to escape from prison. Peter Madsen is serving a life sentence at a prison close to Copenhagen. He initially made his escape by threatening a prison employee and then jumped into a van and forced the driver to go through the prison gates. This was the moment that police caught up with him. You can see him wearing black, lying in a bush on the left of the screen with an armed officer just in front of him. His trial, I'm sure you remember it back in 2017, received a huge amount of global attention. During the trial, he denied killing the Swedish reporter Kim Vahl, but he was found guilty of her murder. Well, the police have given us more information today on the circumstances of his capture. So he was at large for a relatively short time before we got him. In connection with the arrest, he throws something away that we thought looked like a pistol-like object. We will investigate it, but we don't think that it's a gun. At the same time, when he is arrested and handcuffed, they found that he was wearing a belt that looked like a bomb belt. I want to speak to Adrian Murray, a journalist based in Copenhagen. Um, Adrian, it's an extraordinary story. Uh, do we have any more details on how a convicted murderer was able to escape? Well, high drama indeed. Uh, local police revealed that he managed to escape from a prison on the outskirts of West Copenhagen shortly after 10 this morning. Now, it is understood that he had threatened a prison employee with a pistol-like object before managing to flee. Uh, but the prison staff actually followed him outside of the jail. Um, they notified the police at about 10.20 and he was apprehended within minutes. Uh, it's understood he tried to get into a white van to avoid escape. Um, however, there's no suspicion of anyone else involved. Now, when they did arrest him, they handcuffed him. And as you say, they discovered there was a uh, suspicious belt that he was wearing. So at that point, um, the police actually stood back and they called in reinforcements. So as you'll see in the video, there were police officers, armed police officers, um, observing Mr. Madsen as he sat on the grass for some time. Now, mm -hmm. the bomb squad came and they uh, actually sent in a robot. They decided there was no threat and then he was taken into custody. And I was mentioning that during his trial, he denied the murder of Kim Val. Has he since admitted responsibility? Well, for some time he has uh, denied her murder. Um, his story changed numerous times and of course he was convicted. Um, last month, however, a documentary aired on Danish television. A journalist here had spent uh, some time talking to him uh, in telephone conversations. There were some 20 hours worth of, of phone conversations and apparently it's reported that during that he was asked did he kill her and he answered yes. Uh, so that was a, a big shift from his previous stance where he's always maintained that he was not responsible for her death. And what's the reaction been to the fact that he's been able to escape, albeit for a short period of time? Well, I think that's astonishment. I mean, there's definitely a lot of questions that are going to be asked about how uh, a murderer, somebody who had committed such a severe crime, could have escaped from a facility. Uh, apparently, he was kept in isolation, but uh, there are some local press reports that he may have had access to a workshop and potentially some tools. Uh, of course, uh, he he was committed. He was um, convicted of a serious, serious murder. Um, he was serving a life sentence and simply 
uh, people convicted of such crimes should not be able mm. to escape from a prison facility. Uh, the Justice Minister has said that it's likely to be investigated and obviously there's going to be some very serious questions for the prison authorities of how this could have happened. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening to those living in the world. Um, yes, we are here to discuss the murder of Kim Wall in Denmark. Um, shout out to those of you in the chat. I see y'all. I hope y'all are having uh, a really fantastic uh, day, honestly. Um, hold on. Who we got here? Uh, what's up, TRG? What's up, Janet? How are y'all doing? Um, listen, this case here is one I have been following. We have talked about this before, but I think that it deserves a bit of an upgrade or update on this side, being the fact that since we last spoke on this particular case, hey, Third Eye, um, the murderer of Kim Wall, the very intelligent submarine owner, creator, also known as the Denmark Rocket Man, very intelligent. It's scary. I would have never thought, let me tell you, Another thing that's sort of prompting me revisiting this particular case was a Netflix documentary called Into the Deep. You all should uh, check it out when you have an opportunity. Uh, I can assure you that you will be wrapped up in it within the first five to ten minutes and you will not want to walk away until the documentary is done. Very well done. I have to give it to uh, the creator of that particular documentary. Very, very well done. Um, very well done uh, documentary that also documented Peter Matson's run up to this brutal murder. And some other things too that have come out since her murder back in 2017. It was actually a pretty stunning case. It was... Um, it was something that was talked about literally all over the world. Uh, Kim Wall was a journalist. She had worked for the New York Times and some other very uh, prestigious publications. She had had some work published and she had been trying to get a piece. Uh, she had been trying to finish a story or a piece or journalistic piece on the inventor, uh, also known as an, an inventor entrepreneur, um, the so-called submarine man, the rocket man. Um, honestly, when you sort of dig a little bit like deeper into the case, you sort of realize, I think it would have been any woman on that day. Um, it, it just, I wonder for someone that could have brought hacksaws and all these tools to, to attack torture and dismember this woman aboard that submarine you know <laughs> had he done this before there doesn't seem to be any indication that that's the case but I promise you if you just do a search on the submarine murder you will be enthralled on this case you will you will be enthralled on this case now here's what we know now 
Um, and it's so sad to even have to go here, even say this, but I have to say it. And, and it, you know, listen, it is what it is. And I guess I'll throw a little warning with it as I go along with this. But I think that authorities and the people in Denmark, um, especially, do know what the motive was in this case. <clears throat> um, and it appeared that the motive really in the case uh, with Peter Madsen and his killing Kim Wall was the fact that he wanted to make a snuff film. Now, if you're not familiar with what a snuff film is, snuff film is something that uh, really became quite famous on VHS uh, videotape. Um, it's a type of film that displays someone dying. That is the that is the essence of a snuff film. Now, it's um, I swear, if you guys take a look at that documentary into the deep, and you're watching Peter Madsen just talking to the interviewer, man, listen. No indication that he he would even do something like this. But let me tell you something. But listen, here's the story. Very bizarre crime. This actually became probably the crime of a century in Denmark. Okay. Most people around the world have heard something or other of this Scandinavian case. Remember, he was actually quite a very, you know, quite popular guy in Denmark. Okay. Inventor, like I said. Um, but Peter Matson murdered journalist Kim Wall on board his home-built submarine. And then he dismembered her body and dumped it into the sea. Parts of Kim Wall was found in intervals during a massive search by the Danish police. Madsen was convicted. He was sentenced to life imprisonment. A year later, he literally broke out of prison. And that's the footage that we came in here at the beginning um, of this video. You know what's interesting? The... The way that they practice law in Denmark, even when it comes to like convicting someone of murder, there is a, a very big possibility that Peter Matson could walk free, you know, 12, 15 years from now. Um, that's just, I don't know. It's just, listen, <laughs> he was convicted. He was sentenced to life imprisonment, but I don't believe it's really like a full life term in Denmark. I think 12 years, you know, here in Texas, 35 years in prison is what we consider life. When it goes from a number to an alphabet letter, right? However, it has been determined, um, especially after all the evidence has came out, that it appears Peter Matson made a snuff film using Kim Wall as the star on his submarine. What happened? Well, first off, Kim Wall, again, was a top-notch journalist, right? She wanted to interview Peter Madsen, who was a very eccentric entrepreneur, for a very peculiar story. Now, on August the 10th, 2017, Peter Madsen invited Kim on board his midget submarine, the UC-3 Nautilus. It was in Kogi Buet on the south side of Copenhagen, Denmark, Kim arrived at 7 p.m. This uh, ride was supposed to take place from 7 p.m. 
to 9 p.m. She actually left a, a farewell party that her and her partner, her boyfriend, were were giving. Um, they were moving to Beijing in a matter of a few days. Unfortunately, Kim uh, did not uh, get the opportunity to do that. But um, she literally left her own farewell party to do this interview with with uh, Peter Matson. Uh, left her friends and family to go for this two-hour submarine ride from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. It's all related to work. It's a complete work assignment. <clears throat> um, she did not show up after the 9 p.m. disembark. She was never seen again. By 1.40 on August the 11th, the very following morning, Kim's boyfriend and partner reported her overdue and missing. So where was Peter Madsen in this Nautilus submarine? Police start an air and water search, then light breaks. At about 11 o'clock the following morning on August the 11th, now keep in mind he went out the night before, 7 p.m. ride. He had actually taken tools that he was going to use to murder her. He had already placed them in the submarine. So when she got on board, there was a final picture that was taken of her. It's almost like, you know, I envision him taking that submarine down into the depths. And he became a monster. So he, he does this at 7 o'clock at night. This goes on all night into the next day. By 11 o'clock the next day, searchers spot the Nautilus submarine surfacing near where near the Kogi Kogi waters when they approached Peter Madsen scuttles the submarine sinks it and then starts swimming to the rescue boat with no Kim wall in sight um, he swam free rescue boat fishes him out Madsen claims that he dropped Kim wall off on shore the previous evening and he kept cruising alone until a mechanical problem caused him to surface, at which time a ballast tank failed and flooded the sub's insides, which the police did not believe. Not even a word. They actually filed involuntary manslaughter charges that very day. Under Danish law, this allowed the authorities to keep Peter Madsen in custody while they investigated. Salvage crew raised the sub, searched it. Kim Wall was not inside, and there was clear evidence the sub had been intentionally sunk. There was also dried blood within the submarine, on the inside of the submarine. Searchers comb the shore. Divers are, are searching the bottom. It was actually pretty historic, the number of dives that these um, teams had to take over a period of months in 2017. Now, one of the worst kept secrets of Denmark was the fact that Peter Madsen, yeah, he was an entrepreneur, he an inventor, he created a whole submarine and all that, but he was also known to belong to a subculture, excuse the pun, uh, an underground uh, fetish scene of BDSM, bondage, dominance, sadism, masochism. Kim Wall's torso washed up on an Amager, Denmark beach on August the 21st. She had been stabbed 15 times in the genitals and ribs. 
Her legs and arms had been cut off. So had Kim's head. Once confronted with this evidence of, of the body, because my understanding is most of the wounds focused on the genital area. But he claimed that Kim was accidentally killed when a heavy hatch cover fell on her head. Peter Madsen said he panicked and he chose to get rid of her body. He explained the bodily, um, body mutilation. He said it was necessary to remove her from the boat as it was impossible for him to drag her lifeless body up the ladder and through the tower. So he said he dismembered Kim Wall to make it efficient. Again, there was underwater dives that took place by Danish divers. This was literally an underwater grid search that lasted a very good part of the year of 2017, all the way into November, when Kim's head was located in a weighted bag. He had tied metal weights and fastened the metal to Kim's body to weigh her body down. All of her individual parts had been sunken and police and medical examiner did not find actual blunt force trauma evidence of this so-called hit to the head that Kim had taken. Now, one of the weighted bags contained a saw. Another weighted bag contained a knife and all had metal pipes in them. Again, Peter Madsen changes the story. Now, he said that Kim had been accidentally gassed by the diesel engine fumes and that she died of carbon monoxide poisoning. The pathologist said, not today. He said that her torso not only contained intact lungs, but there was no CO evidence in them. Peter Matson then shut up and remained mute while the police continued to put their case together. That included them investigating this very strange strand of fate that put Kim in on Peter Matson's boat. Kim was a 30-year-old Swedish woman. She was a high achiever, a world traveler, talented journalist, professional freelance writer. She was single but attached to a long-term boyfriend. She was also tightly attached to her family, younger brother, and her parents. Straight-A student who went on to earn... <laughs> Hold that thought, y'all. All right. Sorry about that, y'all. I'm not in a professional studio or anything, and I've got this really annoying. Hello. It's <laughs> really annoying kid with me right now. And yeah, I'm doing grandmotherly duties right now. And that includes also um, taking care of the uh, the family dog. So y'all got to forgive me here. I'm sorry. Anyway, let me finish this. And then I've got to get up off of here because I. Uh, my grandbaby, uh, you know, she needs me. So let me finish this really quick. Now, um, straight A student, um, uh, Kim went on to earn double master's degrees at the London School of Economics and Columbia University in New York City, one in journalism, 
other in international relations. And besides being intelligent, she was very sympathetic, a champion of the underdog, and always looked for the human side of the story within the story. Now, and in search of this story, Kim Wall traveled to far reaches like Uganda, Kenya, Cuba, Cambodia, and even into Russia and North Korea. She wrote about smuggled Beatles recordings into communist countries, feminism in China, Idi Amin's despot reign, and nuclear waste in the Marshall Islands. Kim looked for eccentric stories with quirky interests. Her freelance work appeared in Time Magazine, The New York Times, The Atlantic, The Guardian, and Wired. It was a Wired commission that aligned her fate with Peter Madsen. Now, Peter Madsen had been in a very public feud with a former business partner. And both him and his business partner were in the same, basically the same line of work, right? Um, this Copenhagen Orbitals Rocket Madsen's Space Laboratory rift became a very public feud. It caught media attention because of the high-profile space ventures that these two companies intended to do under the Danish flag. Tragically, it caught Kim Wall's attention, too. Wired Magazine is an American Emerging Technology Monthly publication owned by Condé Nast. An editor at Wired was familiar with Peter Madsen and his self-taught submarine expertise. Now the editor got wind that Madsen was into rockets and space. Kim Wall got the commission to go find Peter Madsen and to see what all the fuss was about, including the fuss between Madsen and Copenhagen orbitals. So that was the strand of fate that put Kim Wall and Peter Madsen on that submarine that night. That was, um, you know, she had been trying to get in touch with Peter Madsen for quite some time, actually, to do this story for Wired. She had all but given up on contacting him until late in the afternoon of August 10th. <clears throat> she had taken a new assignment in China and had full plans to leave for the Orient on August 11th morning, the following day. At around four, Kim Wall receives a text from Peter. He agreed to an interview and asked her to stop by his laboratory. She did. They had a quick chat. And then Madsen invited Kim to the Nautilus for a two-hour exclusive. Not turning down the scoop, Kim bowed out of her party. And at 7 p.m., she boarded that submarine, never to be seen alive again. Danish police and prosecutors did an incredibly thorough job in sourcing evidence, securing a murder conviction. They were able to forensically link Kim Wall to that ship and Peter Madsen to Kim. They used Madsen's conflicting statements to turn the tables when he took the witness stand, showed his instability by testifying on his own behalf in first and third party viewpoints. Prosecutors, however, did build a pretty vivid image of Peter Madsen's mindset. They called witness upon witness who knew Peter Madsen in his unusual history. That included people from his sex life and people from his business world. Slowly, witness by witness and evidence piece by evidence piece, the prosecution sculpted a man with a mindset capable of luring an innocent woman 
to her fate of dismemberment. Most damaging of all, peace to you, Michael Phillips. Peace to you. Good to see you. Most damaging of all is what really Peter Madsen did to himself on his computer, retrieved from the hard drive was a jam-packed album of smut. He had downloaded archives of violent uh, images, uh, video clips against women, okay, torture, and snuff. Again, a snuff film is a film that depicts the murder of an individual while on film. Uh, Again, it became a very popular thing back in the 80s with the arrival of VHS and with the arrival of the internet and social media networks and sharing things like Morpheus and Napster and BitTorrent. There's a lot of this type of material that makes its way around the internet. Okay. But he was really into this. Okay. He was watching this stuff a lot. They actually did a pretty good, uh, intense, it took a really good intense um, information technology type of look on his PC, okay? Uh, but he had a lot of this type of material on his hard drive. And if that wasn't enough, the four different women that testified that Peter Madsen had contacted them the day of August the 10th, he invited each of them to a 7 p.m. meeting on board the Nautilus. Each of these other four women declined. Kim Wall was the fifth that Peter Madsen called and she accepted. As for the coup de gras, a witness described seeing Peter Madsen entering the Nautilus on August 10th. In one hand, Madsen held a knife and a saw. In the other, a video camera. The Danish judge accepted all the evidence proving that Peter Madsen had planned and deliberately set out to murder a woman on the evening of August the 10th. And it was by that strand of fate that that woman would be Kim Wall. This video camera, by the way, was never found. So we'll never know exactly what went down on film, but there's no reasonable doubt about it. Kim Wall was a submarine snuff film victim. Very detailed article from dyingwords.net the website of Gary Rogers, retired RCMP homicide detective and forensic coroner. I'll provide y'all with a link that you can go over. Check it out. Did a a lot of research for this. Um, I've actually done a lot of research on this case. Um, Just because too, it's, it's a, it is a very interesting uh, case and coupled with the footage that was shot by the documentary even the day of this murder. Basically, Peter Matson on the day of this murder went on camera and basically said that there are psychopaths and human predators that walk this world and that you really can't trust anyone and that if he was a psychopath, he could even be one and he may not even know it. Again, if you hadn't, haven't uh, had an opportunity, you should uh, look at the documentary film Into the Deep, which goes into more depth of the story in a more as it happened type of 
effect, I guess you could say. Very, very, very well done uh, documentary. Uh, but this uh, this murder case, uh, again, Kim Wall, 30, okay, Peter Matson. I think for me, again, the reason why it's so shocking is because as you're sitting there watching this man with all of these dreams of going to space, made a homemade submarine, okay, someone who really invested time and money to do that, right? Very intelligent. Um note that he never graduated from college, right? I think he went to college, but dropped out. He's a college dropout. Um, but he still managed to become pretty damn successful and um, was damn near 50 years old when he decided that he would make a snuff film of this woman. The real question is, where's that video camera and where is his phone and where's Kim Wall's phone? It's my understanding they were never discovered. It's a pretty shocking case, everyone. Listen, I got to get up off of here because I have some uh, more important responsibilities that are taking precedence at the moment. Um, I do appreciate everybody who came through. Shout out to all of you in the chat. I'll catch y'all really soon, y'all. Until next time.